0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Graby. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in.
1: Well, guys, roughly about 20 years ago, sounds weird to say that, 20 years ago, somebody put a stack of spiritual growth books in my hand and told me the things that change your life are the books you read and the people you meet. And I became addicted to reading. I found that to be absolutely true. And one of the authors whose books absolutely changed my life during that season was our very special guest today. I'm so excited to introduce her to you. The one, the only Lisa Bevere.
0: Yeah, I wasn't the one that put the books in your lap. (laughs) No, I didn't read a book till 25. Who knows? Guys, Lisa is truly amazing and inspirational. If you don't know who she is, she's a New York Times bestseller. She's written countless books that have impacted and inspired so many people. She's a speaker. She's a Bible teacher. And she also co-leads a ministry called Messenger International with her husband, John Bevere. Guys, we are so honored to have her on the show today. I just love her authenticity and her heart for people.
1: Absolutely. One of the things I love most about Lisa, as you'll hear today, is she's hilarious. She is She's stinking hilarious. She's completely authentic, and she has always been an incredible champion of women. Mm. When I need to be pumped up, I know I can look to her to get me feeling strong, and that's exactly what we're talking about today. She's just released a brand new devotional called Strong.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna take some time with Lisa and talk about how we both can end up being strong, focus on helping each other become strong and really working at becoming strong in our faith, strong in our marriage, strong in our life, and ultimately strong in our relationship with Christ.
2: If we just bide our time, rather than lean in to a season of pause and strength, then we will come out actually weaker than we went in. But if we redeem the time and say, God, we're gonna get our hearts right, we're gonna get our priorities right, we're gonna build something of strength and beauty in our household, because 20 years from now, we're gonna all look back and we're going to remember this day and our choices.
0: All right, well, get ready to laugh, have a blast, and learn a ton. Here's Lisa Bevere. All right. Well, Lisa, welcome to the show. We are so glad that you're here with us today. And before we get to anything else, we just want to say you have made such an impact in our lives through the years in our marriage and in us individually. Thank you for doing everything that you do to impact people's lives for Jesus.
2: Oh, thank you. Now you're going to make me cry at the beginning of an interview. I wasn't counting on that.
0: <laughs> Tears are a good thing. Yes. Tears are a good thing.
1: Yes. Like Chris has said, you've been in ministry for so many. How many years have you been in ministry now? This is scary, but true. 30 years. 30 wow. years. That's incredible. Well, your words have touched millions of lives all over the globe, including ours. We are so honored to have you with us today.
2: Well, the honor is mine, and I am so thrilled. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and the honor to talk to you guys and get a chance to meet the people that turned to you guys in this season
1: for strength. Absolutely. Well, we know your story because we've read all your books, but I would love for you to share with our listeners kind of how you came to faith and how this whole journey with Christ began for you.
2: Yes, I have, what I understand is a little bit of an unorthodox, naughty conversion. So my husband was a Christian. He got saved, I believe, between his freshman and sophomore year. He he heard about Jesus. Now, he had been religious, but he had not even had this concept of a relationship with a living God explained to him and he had one of his uh, fraternity brothers share with him about I know you know about Jesus but do you know Jesus and that that arrested John so John like took a huge turn in his life became this holy man on campus at the Purdue University he said I'm not gonna date anymore until you bring me my wife so He's getting ready to graduate. He's on his last semester, his senior year and I show up now I show up because I have been at the University of Arizona basically majoring in suntanning. So I have to go to summer school because I've been playing during my real school. And I show up at breakfast in a bikini top and cut off Daisy Dukes with the pockets hanging out that I had slit up the sides to the waistband so that everybody knew that I wasn't wearing underwear. I don't, I don't know why I felt like that was important to communicate at that season in my life but I just thought this is what you share at breakfast and so John sees me which how could you miss me coming in to breakfast in a college dorm cafeteria male and female in a bikini top and cut off shorts and he looks at me and he said God I would just love it if my wife had legs like that and I don't know if God answers those kind of prayers but somehow For John's sake, he did. And so he ended up calling me and he invited me to this Bible study picnic. Now, you need to understand, this is pre-Hillsong, pre-Jesus culture, pre-elevation, pre-belonging. This is pre-Bethel. This is when I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart is in the top 10 Christian songs. And I remember thinking, Uh, what is wrong with these people. I had come to the Bible study picnic for free food. But afterwards, we gathered in a circle. People had their hands in the air. And I'm a college student. I'm thinking if they've got their hands up, they must have a question. How could they possibly have a question during this annoying song? And again, I'm not saying, you know, I was a heathen, so it was annoying to me. But I looked down at the song sheet in that moment, and the next song was a song called robes of righteousness and it it said that when god looked at me he wouldn't see me he would see jesus and in that moment i heard i can't look at you you need a covering you are covered in sin covered in shame and i elbowed john i said is this true is this true that god could ever look at me and not see who i've been or what i've done And John said, Yes. And so we went walking on the campus. John began to preach to me from the book of Genesis to Revelations. I finally interrupted him, scared that he was going to disappear in that rapture thing. And I just said, "I, I need to do the Christian thing right now. I what do I need? Candles? What like where do we need to go? And he said, Well, you just need to confess your sins. I'm like, I I can't remember them all. He said, You just need to say I'm a sinner. I said, I can totally say that. And so on my first date with John. I got born again, and then he said, there's something else. It's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I was like, absolutely, if it brings me closer to God. And then John said, now you're saved. And I said, what does that even mean? And he said, it means you're whole again, spirit, soul, and body. And he had no idea. He was talking to a 21-year-old girl whose body was riddled and just frail from an eating disorder that i had lactose intolerance that i had violated every hope and moral i ever wanted to hold as an attainment in my life and so i I said so wait so what you're saying now that i'm a christian is i can have cheese and he was like wait what (laughs) what, what are you saying i Uh, said of course i'm italian (laughs) you just said that i'm whole again i have lactose intolerance that's not that's not a good thing when you wanna eat cheese. And so he, he said he experienced a moment of panic and he said, all right, we're sitting on a college bench. He took my hand he said, okay, say this after me. I said, absolutely. He said, say Jesus, thank you. And I'm like, Jesus, thank you. And he said, for healing me up. And I said, for healing me up. And he said, say it. And I said, lactose intolerance. And, and when I said that, I am not even lying. Chris and Jenny, I felt this warmth come into my body and untie the knots that had been in my stomach since I was 15.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I knew that I was healed. And I went back to my college uh, dorm room that night. I was like, Jesus, I need you to stay outside. I got a bunch of junk in my room. I've got pornography. Why? I don't know. I don't know, same reason for slitting my shorts, I'm sure. So I'm like, I need you to stay. And I went into my college dorm room, I threw out all the pornography, I threw out all the alcohol, and then I said, Jesus, come in. Now, nobody told me to do that, but I had such a sense of the presence of God that I wanted to make sure that I lived in such a way that I didn't grieve him. I spent about an hour and a half that night looking for the book of Paul, because John had said, Paul said this, and Paul said that. So there was a Way Bible. That they Purdue University had put in there, and I kept looking. I can't find it in the table of contents. I can't find. So I take my Bible. I stand on its spine. I'm like, Jesus, make it open to the book of Paul. And I opened up to Corinthians, where it says, "If any man be in Christ, there are new creation." And of course, they had given a list that were a lot of my former activities. And I looked who wrote it, and I realized it was Paul. And I was in awe, in awe, and. uh yeah, so that's kind of my that's my first night baptism into Christianity. I love that story.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, you you don't see that a lot on the Purdue University campus. <laughs> Bikinis and <laughs> shorts. You definitely stood I, out.
2: Yes, yes, that was my goal. I <laughs>
0: You nailed it. Well, man, what a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that. We've heard it before, but it's so so good. Hopefully for our listeners maybe you never heard it are inspired yes. by that. Um okay, let's talk about this brand new project Strong. Yeah. I we are very excited about this, this idea of becoming strong. So we got to lead off. I mean, there's a lot going on in our world right now, you know, so how do we find strength in the midst of this chaos and all the fear that's being pushed every single day all over the place?
2: Well, you know, I think in a lot of ways, all of that is a gift to us because we find out what we have been trusting in that was unstable, unfaithful. And in all of the shaking we actually make this connection to a God who is strong. And I love Psalm 18.1. David just simply says, I love you, Lord, my strength. God is our source of strength. And when we set our hearts on our source, when we say, all right, God, I just realized I didn't know this, but I have some idols in my life. There are things That I have gone to for strength. There are things I have given my strength to, which I believe an idol, and again, very, I'm not super smart. So I will take the big thing and then I will just make it simple. To me, an idol is anything in my life where I draw my strength from it or give my strength to it outside of God. It's where I give an inordinate amount of attention or affection or resource to that thing where I've actually said, hey, God, I'm gonna let you take care of over here. I wanna go to heaven when I die. I'll take my kids to church once a week. Over here, this is all my room. And, and God wants to be involved in every single realm of our life. And then David goes from Psalm 18:1 one, to I love you, Lord, you're my strength, which I think is, it, it's just make it simple. Hey, God, I'm sorry for making anything else my strength. God, I'm sorry for being distracted by the things that actually diminish who I am and diminish who you are. It's just a a turning in repentance away from the things that would unmake us to the God who made us. And and it's just a shift. It doesn't have to be, you know, I feel really guilty or anything. You know, I I am Sicilian. It's something I'm proud of, kind of, but uh, it does mean that I process things a little different. Uh, It does mean I didn't understand the parable about the servant that went out and grabbed his fellow servant and said, give me what you, I'm like, of course he would. But when I got married to John, I didn't understand that God forgives us so we can change. You know, and I was more like, once you've changed, I'll forgive you. So I wanted my husband to bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. So if John said he was sorry, I'm sorry I hurt you, I was like, you have no idea how sorry you are going to be. For the next (laughs) month, you will. Feel the full force of repentance. You know, I'm like, you're going to bring forth fruit. And and that's not how God is. God is not like me. Hallelujah. So uh, God is, as soon as we turn, he's there. Mm -hmm. You know, he's an ever present help in time of trouble. And it's so crazy to me and humbling and slightly frightening to me that I wrote this book, my very first devotional book, Strong devotions to live a powerful and passionate life that I turned this manuscript in last February, last February. And then it happens to come out during this season where everybody is navigating things, discovering things. And I had gone and read it. A folks in the family uh, six weeks ago and came back and told John, this is strong. I mean, I know the title is strong, but this is wrong i'm reading my own book getting convicted i'm going after idols i'm telling people to repent i'm talking about holiness i'm talking about purity because they're not the same thing i am talking about not having divided hearts i'm saying you better stop calling your brother a fool because that put you in danger of hell fire i'm like where in the world what was i thinking when i wrote this well the truth is that God said, I'm gonna bring a people into a season one way and take them out in another. And so I've been really, really in awe of the response. Uh, we've had some challenges with Amazon. So, so many people have done Kindle, they're doing Audible. We filled, I think, in just a, a very short time period, we filled a, a bazillion orders that I had to sign. And um, we also said, you know, we don't want anybody to not have access because. I don't know how long it's going to ship. Amazon is like, this is not a medical need. So I,
0: (laughs) yes, it is.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, They're keeping the CBD distribution and the liquor stores open here, but nope, let's not send any Christian books out. So I did an online course that was free. And the very first lesson that went up, it went up uh, on Monday. And then the second one went up. This Thursday, I have no idea when your people will hear this, but uh, we are committed to imparting strength. And I thought, well, if I get my three daughter in laws to sign up, and they get their parents, you know, their mothers, and I make my employees sign up, this is worthy of my time. But we were shocked that uh, I believe right now it's fourteen thousand women signed up for the free online course, and it is not the here's your seven steps to strong. It's about, I'm going to put some, I'm going to put my finger on your heart and you're going to go into the presence of God and you're going to ask him what needs to be shifted. And so devotions are always a little bit of a challenge for me. This is my first one I've ever done. They have to be short. They have to be practical. Right. They have to give me one thought. Y'all, I'm not smart enough to carry five. So I opened up, they'll have like a theme. It will have a scripture, a practical application, a prayer and then it will have a declaration so this one says I am strong when I am vigilant tending to anything amiss and so each day has a declaration and I just I'm just super honored that I got to be part of this
1: think there's a misconception that women can't be strong, especially Christian women, women in the church? Why, where do you think that misconception comes from? You know, I think religion, first and foremost. And I have found that
2: religion can be the meanest to women and children. And, you know, Jesus always invited children, hey, 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 don't, don't stop them. Don't stop them from coming to me. Yeah. You know, because this is the posture we need to have. And then again, religion will always look for somebody to blame. And so, hey, hey, that Eve, that Eve, she messed it all up, which is, to be honest with you, not even theologically correct. But I do think uh, maybe it's been a lack of modeling. Maybe if we don't see strength (laughs) celebrated, then women will take a perverted form of their strength. Like, I believe that God is the one who said it's not good for man to be alone. He didn't say the man wasn't good. He said there is something that needs to be added to him. And so he brought Eve out and he didn't say Eve, be quiet. Don't say anything. Adam's talking. You're nodding. He didn't, he didn't say that. He just said, okay, there are things for Adam to address. There are things for Eve to address. He did not want or ever hope that we would, as men and women, be using our voices against each other. You know, I I do hear, and and I I always find it uh, so disappointing, I do hear things like, you know, we're not going to be like Adam. We're not going to listen to Eve. We're going to talk, and we're not, you know. Well, hey, Adam and Eve shouldn't have been arguing in front of the serpent. What they should have both been doing was using their voice on the serpent. And there's something powerful when a man is strong in God and a woman is strong in God, and they both use their unique voice, their unique strength, their unique perspective, and they speak the word of God directly to the serpent. The serpent has always been about dividing male from female, not just in marriages, but in gender specifically. I mean, it's kind of like We have adopted his mindset that if women are going to be strong now, the men have to go down like it in the past was for men to be strong. The women go down. No, God is saying I wove male and female as a power union, not a power struggle. Both of you need to stop trying to take your strength from one another and get your strength from me. So I do think because it's not been modeled well, which I love that you guys do it together. I, I do think that that is one of the strengths that John and I have is that, you know, and, and maybe you guys are, are better Christians than us, but I, I, wanted, I wanted to be like, buddy, I'm signing up with a talent agency. I don't want to do this with you anymore. I'm going over here and building my thing and you just stay over there and you do your thing. But John and I would say, yeah, but guess what? We don't get to do that because we're iron sharpening one another's iron. And there will always be sparks when you do iron and iron. But we have a catalyst of remaking. When we have conflict, we have learned to fight for, not just fight. And and that was, again, that was not modeled for me. So I did it all wrong, which is why I wrote strong. I'm like, y'all, I, I tried wrong and it's not strong. It's not strong. Wrong is not strong. Don't do it. But. Yeah. On the flip side, strong is not wrong. And we have to tell God's daughters, you have full permission to be everything and everyone, every person that God created you to be. Yes. And I love how Ephesians six ten unpacks it. And in the message paraphrase, it just, it makes it super simple. It just says, God is strong and he wants you strong. Yeah. He didn't say, I want only my son strong. Yeah. He said, I want, he wants you strong. And I, uh when i was working on the chorus i looked for all of the synonyms of strength and there's not one negative but when you look at the antonyms of strong they are things like weak okay that's not going to work right now fainting also not a good idea insipid haven't looked the word up yet but i don't feel like it's a good one <laughs> yeah the final one was indifferent see we can't be an indifferent church. We can't be indifferent to the sufferings of others. We can't be indifferent to the challenge of our times. We can't bide our time and not redeem it in these days. Because if we just bide our time, rather than lean in to a season of pause and strength, then we will come out actually weaker than we went in. But if we redeem the time, and say, God, we're going to get our hearts right, we're going to get our priorities right, we're going to build something of strength and beauty in our household, we're not going to just entertain our kids, we're going to engage them, we're going to engage them in conversations, because 20 years from now, we're going to all look back and we're going to remember this day and our choices.
1: Absolutely. I love that. And there's there's an important distinction that you're pointing out, and I'd love for you to unpack it a little bit more for us. You say that strength is in our DNA as women. That's not something we hear a lot. That's not a message we hear a lot, um, but it's true. And I love that you point out we don't become strong by acting like men, and we don't become strong by trying to displace the men. So what does it look like? for us as women to become our kind of strong that God has put in our DNA as women.
2: Well, one of the things we can do is turn to the woman that I actually avoided a lot, the Proverbs 31 woman. It actually says she clothes herself with strength. And and it talks about what does she do? She's a businesswoman. She has authority and position. She doesn't ask her husband, hey, is it okay if I buy a field? She's actually made money. She's woven things. She's industrious. She gets up early. She does have servants, which hello, I'd love that, but that's not my reality. She has servants. She, she gives them jobs. She laughs at the future. Why? Because she knows who holds the future in his hands. She opens her mouth with kindness and wisdom. She's she's not slandering. She's not tearing other people down. She's using her words to build and to lift. You know, it takes a whole lot more strength to lift people than to hold them down. You know, when I was pregnant, I didn't believe in these Uh, Being a cute pregnant woman, I believed in a minimum of a 50 pound weight gain for a good baby. I don't, I don't know why my babies, none of them were over eight pounds. I was like 50, it's going to have to happen. And I have a skinny husband. And I remember he was weighing 138 and I was weighing over 160. And I think one day I thought it was really funny that I could sit on him and he couldn't get up. But the truth is, yeah, I could straddle John, but I couldn't lift him. And we have to understand that God is giving women strength to lift one another, lift our children, lift our husbands. She stretches forth her hands to the poor and the needy. You know, this is not a season a season to shrink and and hoard our hands and shut our hands and cross our arms and lock our doors. This is a time to sow, sow words of encouragement. I mean, I was at the grocery store, I swear, I was the only person breathing. Everybody looked at me and, and they were kind of like, don't talk, don't talk. But I was saying hi to all the grocery people. Thank you for coming into work today. Thank you for Stocking the shelves so I could get frozen pizza for when I am actually working and John refuses to cook. You know, thank you for these serving the community and everybody. And I just said, I'm gonna wave at every person I see, I'm gonna smile at every person I see because I wanna know that there is hope, even if it looks different. So she's strong and yet she's meek, and meekness is strength under control. Moses was meek, Jesus was meek. And then the last, the strongest muscle in the human body, according to the weight, is only given to women. That is the uterus. You've given birth five times. Yes, oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> it's wrong. I think it weighs a couple ounces when it pushes out an eight-pound baby, but it's involuntary. And so women have a strength. That is involuntary, which means if we our lives are submitted, both what we say and what we give birth to will be things that will add strength. I will not arm Russell John. It would be a joke. He is way stronger than me physically, but I have been entrusted with guardianship of the heart. And so I'm going to surround my husband with emotional strength, and he is going to surround me with physical strength and so we want to be women who understand there is a unique entrustment of strength in women and strength in men and one is not right and the other one is wrong god wants both male and female strong in the unique attributes that he gives them and you know people don't even want to hear that but it's truth It is true. Absolutely. Well,
0: let's, you know, as the husband of a very strong woman (laughs) and a dad of four strong young ladies, how does a dude support his wife and his daughters and inspire and encourage them to be strong?
2: You know, John always celebrated my strength. But when I was compensating or when I was disrespectful or dishonoring with my strength, we'd have a conversation just as if he did the same thing with me. And so what we, what we find is, and again, we have, I have two granddaughters. I'm like, Oh, you know, you talk to Addison, he is totally celebrating his daughter's strength. Uh, One of them, I feel like I need to tear my clothes and just say, I'm sorry for whatever sin I've Past, uh, She's not sinful, but I mean, wow, that's all I can say about Lizzie. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. But we celebrate, when you celebrate what is right, you actually displace what is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so my husband would say things to me like, Lisa, I love your input. I welcome your input. Our team needs your input. But when you say it like that, it makes it really hard to hear because I'm feeling attacked. While you're speaking, so I I realized that John and I were intimate allies, and allies do not attack one another; they lend strength to one another. So I started to celebrate my husband's strengths. He started to celebrate my strengths. With our kids, you know, we try to do the same thing. My my beautiful family surprised me on Tuesday night, and they threw a book launch party because, of course, it could only be us. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> had to be genetically related. And there was only nine of us in case anybody's worried. Um, but, you know, they went around the table and each of my sons who is married just said, mom, because dad celebrated your strength and you showed us the value of having a strong woman that makes us stronger. We have all married strong women and we love it. And it just... It was beautiful. And again, opening your mouth with wisdom, opening your mouth with kindness, understanding I'm not your, I'm not your enemy and uh, you don't have to fight me. We're fighting for something. Let's attack the problem, not each other. And I would love to be able in my life to start using other people as examples. But man, I've just done everything wrong. Uh, I did not have this modeled for me. I had parents that attacked each other. I had an alcoholic father. I had a mom who had BPD, which is borderline personality disorder. So we had all sorts of unhealthy things in our life. And then John had the flip side of never fight, never talk. Dad gets an ulcer. And so we kind of said, we're going to have to figure this out. And um, I really try to be super transparent about my own failings and fallings Because I do want the next generation to do it in beauty and strength and dignity and not have to repeat my lessons. They're going to have to do their own things. They're going to have to have their own battles and their own lessons, but they shouldn't have to fight ground I've already taken.
1: That's beautiful. I love that. Um, So last question, Lisa, before we kind of wrap up and do our lightning round, but this idea of becoming strong, it's so fun to talk about. It's really fun. I mean, I can get pumped up. We can both get pumped up listening to you talk about becoming strong. And then, you know, throughout our day, throughout our week, there are things that zap our strength that completely drain us. I would love to know some practical things that you do personally in your life when you have those things that zap your strength and drain you. How do you practically recover that strength in your own life?
2: So I'm not going to say it sounds good or is attractive, but worship is a big deal for me. So when I feel, wow, that blindsided me. Wow, that wounded me. I'm going to put on worship music, possibly lock my closet door, or bedroom door if I need to dance, and I am going to fully engage. I find that there is no greater remedy for me than rejoice in being exceedingly glad when I go through hardship. And maybe maybe I'm driving in my car, and I'm just going to sing. I'm just going to sing at the top of my lungs, and I'm going to speak to my soul. I'm going to, I'm going to echo the words of David. Hey, soul, why are you downcast? Oh, wait, I know why you're downcast. You didn't put your hope in God. And I I will shift the focus. God, you're my strength. I'll go right back. Hey, put your hope in God. Your hope wasn't in that friendship. It wasn't in that job. It wasn't in that speaking engagement. I've had all of my speaking engagements canceled for all of March, all of April. But you know what? Hey, those people aren't my source. If I actually think those people are my source, I can't serve them.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: because then I'm going to say what they want to hear instead of what God wants to say. And so I have to be a person who constantly redirects my life to my source. Mm -hmm. I love my husband, but he's not my source. I love my children. They're not my source. I enjoy them, but I'm going to have to get my source from a bigger thing than any person can give me. And I know that sounds really simplistic, But that's where I have gone for all of my life. My boys and I um, did a taping and um, they were talking about their remembrance of me. And what they said is, we just remember you singing a lot (laughs) and awkwardly dancing and face down on the carpet. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was saying... I don't want to beat my children. I don't want to
1: beat my
2: children. God, give give me strength. Let me be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to wrath. God, give me patience. God, thank you for kids, four boys. Four boys are working patience in my life, a husband that's gone all the time. Patience in my life. And so uh, being thankful and not complaining has also been a huge thing for me
0: love it awesome. great practical I the question that. is when you sing at the top of your lungs does it sound good <laughs> no, no, no.
2: <laughs> no so so we we make sure the music's really loud
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's smart cool well love this it. has been awesome we're gonna wrap up with, with our final three questions we always ask and the first one is what's a book that's impacted your life and your journey
2: uh pilgrim's progress oh nice
0: love it okay
2: what about it changed you uh it's not an easy read i'm, I'm not gonna lie like right. I was worried I was going to hell. Um, <laughs> but um, I think it just really positioned me to count the cost on certain things. And I went through it with my boys when they were young and the allegorical uh, nature of it was really helpful, not just for me, but for them in conversations that it, it, it created a framework for me to have conversations with my children.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. that's awesome. Well, just so you know, when people ask me that, one of them on the top of my list is Kiss the Girls. Absolutely. Oh. Completely changed my life. Thank really you. did. It's a game changer for sure. Thank you. You're Thank so you. welcome. Um, and the second question is, what's a habit that's changed your life?
2: Uh, espresso. Espresso. <laughs> <one>? Yeah.
0: <laughs> duh. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. I, I mean, they probably didn't want to hear that one. It is definitely a <laughs> habit. I'm trying to think. Praying the Our Father is is a habit that's changed my life. I have to have structure. So when I pray the Our Father, I don't just pray through it. I open up and I pause as the Holy Spirit gives me awareness. So like I laid in bed this morning before I even get out of bed. I'm like Our Father. And I think about, wait a minute. He's not my father. He's Our Father. The ones who call upon his name, he receives them as sons and daughters of God. This is Our Father. What is that? How does that govern mind interaction with those who call upon the name of the Lord, my fellow saints, my fellow believers. What does that look like? Who are in heaven? Okay. That means he is above that. You know, I just, I take that whole thing and I use that to pray and it keeps me on track. And then I add things to that, but that's my beginning. And um, I come out of the bedroom nice when I do that, even before the espresso. <laughs> nice. I love it.
0: All right, and lastly, what's some advice that you would give to the younger you?
2: Okay, this is going to be completely ridiculous, but the first and foremost thing I would say is stop trying to be friends with people who don't even want to know you. I spent a lot of time changing who I really was to fit in with people who didn't even want to spend time with me, and I would, I would welcome uh, that season of alone. A lot of times people are are afraid of being lonely and lonely is scary, but being alone with God is one of the most beautiful invitations you'll ever have in your life. I would have embraced that and not worn myself out trying to please people and I would have leaned into pleasing God.
1: I love that. That's beautiful.
2: So
0: good. All right, well, uh, this project is awesome. It's already impacting lives, but where can people find you, follow you, and get this brand new project Strong?
2: Yeah, so, well, they can get Strong, I believe, for a little bit on Amazon. Uh, They can get there for Audible, Electronic. They can get it at Barnes & Noble. They can get it at Target.com. They can get it from us, Messenger International, and they can actually just go to Instagram. It's probably easier for them to remember Lisa Bevere, Uh, Lisa Bevere is my Instagram. Lisa Bevere is my Facebook. Lisa Bevere is my Twitter. People aren't as nice on Twitter as they are on Instagram. I prefer that, but (laughs) but I have it. But they can just go to my bio and it will give them abilities to actually get a hold of the book. What we're trying to do in this season that is unprecedented is to say for any gift of any amount, you can get the book.
1: Awesome. Okay. We will link to all of that in the show notes for everybody listening. Go grab a copy of this. If you're a husband, grab it for your wife. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. We need to become strong in this season of fear and chaos. We will be strong. So thank you, Lisa, so much for your voice and for your work and for being here with us today. You guys have been an incredible source of encouragement. I have a smile in my heart just looking at your faces. Oh, that's great.
0: Guys, thank you so much for listening today. There's a lot going on in our world right now. And we just want you to know that we're praying for you. And then just hope that in the midst of all of this insanity, that we can find Jesus, find hope and lean on him and his word. And we'd love to hear how we can pray for you and how these episodes are encouraging you in this season that we're in right now. And honestly, any other way that we might be able to help you in this time. You can hit us up over on our website at letsliveitwell.com, leave us a review on iTunes, or come find us on social media. This week, Jenny and I spent some time just kind of sharing what's going on in our life over on our Instagram and over on our Facebook page, uh, things that we've found that are working in the midst of this unprecedented season and things that maybe aren't working. So we'd love to hear what's going on in your world.
1: And as always, guys, you can find all the info for today's episode, all the links mentioned, all the books mentioned in our show notes over at our website, letsliveitwell.com.
0: Well, all right, y'all, that's a wrap for today's episode. We will catch you next week. We're going to close it out like we do every single time. Remember, you only get one life. Live Live it well. well.